This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and alhamdulillahi na'hamaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiyati a'malina من يهده الله فلا مضل له من يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه أما بعد فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. Come to the next hadith. And this hadith connected to the fiqh of Islam for the most part. Some of the adab and some of the ahkam that the Prophet brought صلى الله عليه وسلم. But it's also more general than that. And that it shows us the ease of the religion of Al-Islam and the gentleness of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and the ease and the mercy of the sunnah that the Prophet brought sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who mentioned in many, 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 many a hadith, a description of what's the da'wah that he brought. He said, Nama bu'ithtu bil samha." I've been sent with the religion that makes things easy for the people. Not the religion that makes things difficult on the people. We're about to embark upon the blessed month of Ramadan, inshallah. And there are people who should not be fasting who are going to fast. And they do it every year. Although they can see by fasting each year, their health is declining. But because of the qillat al-fiqh, they don't have a lot of knowledge. They're just moving based upon emotions. Not based upon knowledge. They're going to fast because they feel, I can get through the fast so I can do the fast. Even if you can get through the fast, that's not what Allah wants from you. Rasulullah came with a religion that makes things easy for the people. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah himself is al-latif, al-rahman al-rahim. Allah ta'ala is al-ghafoor. He subhanahu wa ta'ala he loves gentleness and he himself is gentle. So this is one of the lessons and the benefits of this particular hadith. Why do the people make things difficult for themselves unnecessarily? And as we've been given dawah here, the call is to stay in the middle concerning all your affairs. Because one group of people in this issue are mutashaddidun. They're rough and they're tough on themselves. The grandmother, the grandfather, the individual who's pregnant. She's pregnant right now. And Abdullah bin Umar, Abu Huraira, and those companions, whenever any of their wives, their daughters, their slave girls became pregnant in the month of Ramadan, they would say, don't fast. And they would pay for them to feed a poor person each day. They never told them, make up the fast again. Make it up and pay, as if you committed a crime. Now, I understand that in that issue there's ikhtilaf, but my main concern here is to address the people in this community who 
make the religion difficult on yourselves. And they make it difficult on other people in so many ways. It's the youngster who just came back to his aql and he's trying to practice. It's the revert who came to the religion and he's happy that Allah has guided him to Al-Islam. And then when they come into the religion, they're too rough and they're too tough. Rough and tough with themselves and rough and tough with the people around them. So the Prophet used to encourage, he used to command, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that the person who was rough and tough, the Jannah has been made haram upon him. He said that the one who is Ja'fari, rough and tough, the Jannah is haram upon you. Don't run the people away from the religion. And you yourself, don't make the religion difficult upon yourself. So today's two-word hadith is the statement that the Prophet gave to his companions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he told them, Ibradu bil-dhuhr. And that word is from al-barud, barid, al-buruda, from the verb abrada, yubridu, ibradin, which means... Don't pray Zuhr time when it's very, very hot, but make the Salat cold. That's the actual translation. Make Salat al-Zuhr cold. The meaning of it is you don't have to pray the Zuhr time in the Arabian Peninsula, in Africa, in the UK, when you're in the middle of a heat wave, and it's extremely, extremely hot, especially in that environment. You don't have to pray the Zohar time as soon as it comes in, but delay it, and delay it to a time that is most appropriate and suitable for you, taken with the ruqsa from Allah Azza wa Jal, the concession. The Prophet mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, describing Allah and Allah يُحِبُّ أَن تُؤْتَى رُخُصُهُ كَمَا يَكْرَهُ أَن تُؤْتَى مَعْصِيَتَهُ Allah loves it when you take advantage of the concession. You can combine the prayer, Allah loves it when you do that. You should be fasting in Ramadan, but you choose, I'm traveling, I'm not feeling well. So you say, I'm not going to fast. Allah loves it when you do that. He loves it in the way that befits His majesty. So why would someone throw that away and not take advantage of it, especially when it's going to benefit you? Especially. You have to have some level of fiqh and understanding. Allah loves it when you take advantage of the concession, the ruhsa, just as he hates it when you fall into that, which is haram. Because when things get tough for you and you're going to fall into the haram, Allah makes it easy for you. Even if you have to say something of kufr and shirk, as some of the companions used to have to do. As long as your heart and your chest is iman, they made you say that word of kufr, but you really believe in Allah, Allah loves it when you live to see another day. Not being hardcore all the time. Sometimes you got to be hardcore to the degree where your life is on the line. Sometimes that happens. But don't be one of those people who doesn't have common sense to know my life is on the line here, and my life is not on the line here. I'm going to tell you from right here. It may be a situation that you're confronted where your life is on the line, and you got to deal with the situation. But usually, that's not the case. The case just requires you to have some common sense and some comprehension of the religion. Take the sadaqah. And Umar radiallahu anhum 
who was well known for his strength and his salaba in the deen. Umar didn't play around in his deen. He didn't play around, look for shortcuts. He asked the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about the prayer of traveling. We're traveling, Ya Rasulullah, but we have the strength and the ability to pray the complete prayer for rakat. Why should we shorten? Why do you insist? Not a choice. If you travel, it's wajib for you to shorten your prayers. Not a choice. But the people follow the madhab. It's wajib. Ya Rasulullah, why do we have to shorten? He told him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Naha sadaqatun tasaddaqa biha alaykum rabbukum. It is a sadaqah that Allah has given you. Sadaqah. A sadaqah. You come to the masjid, you need money or whatever, the people give you sadaqah. Say, here. He said, your ability to shorten is a sadaqah. It's a gift from Allah, from your Lord. So take the sadaqah of your Lord. But the people say, I don't have to do that. I can do the whole thing because I'm strong. I'm not afraid. It's easy. I'm on an airplane. No. That's not the way you do it. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought a religion to make things easy for the people. So this hadith, he told the people, for the salat of a dhuhr, when it's very, very hot, then what you have to do is don't pray right away. But make the salat of a dhuhr cold, meaning... Wait until that time that is very hot passes you by. And when the sun cools off a bit, and that can be close to Asr time. Doesn't have to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's not about the time, the clock. It's about what's going on at that particular moment with the shidda of the harara. And we know that from why the Prophet said this hadith. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam. He told the people, Inna shittat al-har min fayh jahannam. He said that the extreme heat of the summertime, it comes as a result of the exhaling of the hellfire. So in Arabia, in Africa, it's hot all year long in some of those places. But then in certain times, it's even more hotter. And you can see it and you can feel it. And people know it. He said that that particular heat at that time is from the exhaling of the hellfire. He said in another hadith, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nar ila rabbiha. Faqalat ya rabbi, akara ba'di ba'da. The hellfire as a creation complained to her Lord, Allah Ta'ala. And the hellfire said, oh my Lord, I am a creation and part of me is eating up and destroying the other part of me. So allow me, have rahmah upon me, the hellfire. And we're going to come to human beings, human beings, from our brothers and sisters and not give them a pass and not have rahmah upon them. As we mentioned many times, Jibril was afraid Allah's, Allah will have rahmah upon Fir'aun. Fir'aun? 
The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to give people breaks over and over and over again. And then here we come and we're talking about being on the Sunnis, being rough and tough with everybody. So the hellfire complained to her Lord and said, I'm eating part of myself from the shidda of the harara, the severity of the heat. So give me permission. Allow me to breathe twice. Allow me to breathe in the summertime. And allow me to breathe in the wintertime. And Allah allowed it. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet mentioned about it, فَهُوَ أَشَدُّ مَا تَجِدُونَ مِنَ الْحَرِّ وَأَشَدُّ مَا تَجِدُونَ مِنَ الزَّمْحَرِيرِ So when this happens in the summertime, and when it happens in the wintertime, it's what you're experiencing from the extremes of those two weather conditions. So the Antarctic, if you're in the cold, is so cold that it gives you those frostbites, they burn you, it's so cold. That's how it is in Norway, and Alaska, in these places, in, 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 in uh, Ottawa, Canada. This recent uh, winter chill was a winter chill that the world has not seen the like of it before because of, you know, global warming and all of this stuff. So it's usually cold, but there are those times when Ottawa becomes the coldest capital on the face of the earth. You get some coffee from Tim Hortons, you take that tea, that coffee, you throw it in the air in that cold, and it evaporizes. That's how cold it is. Shut down all of Toronto. Why? Because of the grid. It's so cold. Now it's cold there in the winter time, but there's a time when it becomes more cold, and that's when Allah allows the hellfire to breathe. And in the summertime as well, it's hot in Gambia, hot in Senegal, hot in Somalia, hot in the Sudan, hot in Ethiopia, hot in Mecca. It's hot over there. But then there comes that time when the heat becomes turned up even more like a furnace. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's like being baked inside of an oven. You can literally fry eggs on rocks. So he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when this happened, he told them the reason why it's so hot is because the hellfire is allowed to breathe and to excel at those two times. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had rahmah upon the people. The hadith goes to show it, Kwani, as well, how our religion, unlike Christianity and Judaism, our deen connects us to everything we need to be connected to. Whatever you're wearing there, your religion is connected to that. The way you're sitting, what you drove and how you drove, what you're eating, the details of every aspect of our lives is in this deen. So as young people, you guys, don't let these kuffar trick you into having doubt. Is Islam the truth? Their way of life is jammed up. They have no discipline. They don't know which way is up or down. A woman is a man, a man is a woman, marry a dog. And then we're going to sit here and not know about Islam and everything about our religion. The deen has made it clear for you. Like this issue of the environment. Everyone is going to live in a very hot environment or a very cold environment or in an environment that oscillates between the two or an environment that is nice most of the time. Whatever your case is, 
There are ahkam that al-Islam came and brought. Where is that in Christianity? Where is that in Judaism? Where is it? Where is it? I mean, even in stuff that these people believe in as integral parts of their iman, when you look at what's going on, they don't even stop to think. Maryam, according to your book, she had the baby when it was the winter time, according to your book. So the whole story is not making sense of what's in your book about what happened and what didn't happen. What are you talking about? The death of Jesus. In your book, the environment doesn't even describe what you people are believing. Whereas in the deen of Allah, it's not left up to us to guess. The stuff is there, fit in. Just requires people to come and learn their deen. So in terms of the environment, we have a lot of things that tell us when it's very hot, when it's very cold. The religion of Islam has helped us to know how to exist. You think there is religion that tells us Allah has written perfection on everything. So whatever you do, do it well. And don't be mediocre. Be the best student that you can be. Be the best doctor you can be. Be the best driver that you can be. So if you kill, kill well. And if you slaughter, slaughter well. And let each and every one of you sharpen his knife so as to spare the animal from any suffering. That's the meticulous religion of Al-Islam telling us, be perfect. The hadith is talking about an animal and how to kill the animal. But that's from the Jawami al-Kalim. It's not about no animal. It's about being a perfectionist to the best of your ability and putting your best foot forward. So the religion is going to teach us of everything we need to know about how to slaughter a bird or a chicken. And then that same religion that tell us who Allah is, how to worship Allah. You crazy? Are you crazy? It doesn't make any sense for a person to be doubtful about Islam and then looking at these other ways of what these people are worshiping. So in our religion, Allah has been mentioned concerning these issues of the sun and the heat, especially over there where the Prophet was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَقَالُوا لَا تَنْفِرُوا فِي حَارٍ قُلْ نَارُ جَهَنَّمْ أَشَدُّ حَارٍ لَوْ كَانُوا يَفْقَهُونَ They said, who said? The hypocrites. The hypocrites said, when you have to go out and you have to fight fi sabirillah, and it's very hot out there. It's not romantic stories. You just popped up at the battlefield. You have to leave Medina and you gotta march there to better another than that. To Dubuk. It's hot and it's far and it's long. And it'd be three people on one horse. Three people on one horse. Well, not a lot of fool and it's burning out there. So the hypocrite said, don't go out and fight in this heat. It's too hot to be fighting out in this heat. It is too hot. Allah told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa tell them, Muhammad, the heat of the hellfire is worse than this heat that you're complaining about if you only knew. So the ayat is an example of the environment that the Nabi used to have to deal with. You'll be hard pressed to bring a single ether where the companions complained about the heat. 
where the complaint, that was the situation. Who in his right mind is going to complain, oh, it's really hot today. Oh, it's really cool today. Oh, it's really raining today. So what? Who has anything to do with that except Allah? Just get on with the business. They didn't complain about things like that. The hypocrites did. So it's an example of the religion dealing with the reality of the lives of the people. Our religion is not a religion of, you know, theology. Just stuff you be thinking of. Salafi, Salafi, Salafi. But it's not in our actions. What those companions were upon and practicing this religion. The Prophet had his companions and he told them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ala Uddullukum. Should I not tell you people something that Allah will wipe away your sins? You want to get your sins wiped away? And you want to get your darajat raised up? They say, yes, what is that? He told them, Isbahul wudu al-makari. To make wudu properly when it's cold. To make wudu properly when it's cold. The person who has trouble getting up for fajr, like our children. Or that individual. When you're knocked out and you're just, you know, snoring and you're going for it. Someone comes and wakes you up and says, come on, get up and pray. And you don't want to get up and pray. When you go to put that water on yourself, you don't like that water even more. You don't like it because you're not a prayer. The one who prays, he eats humble pie. He bites the bullet. He gets on with the program. He doesn't sit up there like LGBT putting his foot in the water like that. I'm not laughing, man. He just gets on with the get on and he makes it do what he got to do. But the one who doesn't like to pray or the one who finds it hard to pray, he doesn't pray. So after sleeping like that, shaitan got him and you wake him up, get up, get up. He be like, man, put that water on me, man. So the kid takes the water and he throws it around the floor. He doesn't even make wudu. Or the person who doesn't pray. So the prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this issue, you want to know that thing that will cause Allah to forgive you your sins and cause your darajat to go up? Making proper wudu. Doesn't mean wasting water. It means getting that water, cold water, and doing the proper wudu. So it's showing what? The environment that we have to deal with. The environment that we have to deal with. And that's our religion. It deals with the reality of what people's situation happens to be. Listen, Abdullah ibn Umar gave his son some advice. A wasiyah. He told his son, don't forget to hold on to the khasail of al-iman. We're fathers. Hey boy, don't forget to hold on to the things that are part of your faith. He said, what are they, ya Abi? He said, fasting in the summertime when it's very hot. And making wudu when it's cold, but you make a discipline, good wudu. And fighting and killing the enemies of Al-Islam with the sword. Those are not easy issues. They're not for the faint-hearted. They're not for the chumps. They're not for the um, 
for the um for the kids of PlayStation, man. They're not for the kids of PlayStation. Those companions and their children were on another level. All of that kalam, khwani, is this hadith, make the dhuhr cold, is a hadith showing us where we should appreciate Al-Islam deals with the reality of what people are living with and how people are living. Now listen, back to the issue. The origin of the salat, pay attention to this, this is a really important issue. First thing Allah is going to ask you about Yom Al-Qiyam is your prayer. If your prayer was right and exact, everything else will be right and exact. If your prayer is lacking, everything else is going to be lacking. What kind of Muslims are we that we don't pray? I ask you by Allah, many of us who are here, we know people who don't pray, man. Your son, daughter can't get up on their own to pray. I mean, there got to be a situation now where we have to let that go. We have to let that go because you don't want to be too rough or too tough with your child. Throwing him out, throwing him out of your house. You can't live here, man. You don't pray. You go out and get on your own. That's Shadid doing this time. What kind of stuff is that? Our Ummah. We don't pray. And everybody here knows people from our close relatives. La salat alahum. They don't pray. What kind of stuff is that? As it relates to the prayer, praying the prayer early is more virtuous than praying it later on. So the virtue, when you're looking for reward, you should pray the prayer as soon as possible. And that's because of a lot of adilla. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Jibril came to him one day. He made the five prayers at the beginning of the time. The second day he came again. He made the five prayers at the end of the time except Maghrib. He prayed Maghrib at the same time in both days. And Jibril told him, this is the time of the salat for your ummah. Inna salata kanat ala al-mu'minina kitab al-mawquta. Salat is at prescribed times not how we want salat is at prescribed times Abdullah bin Mas'ud said a man came and said Ya Rasulullah what's the best deed one hadith the best deed another hadith what's the most beloved deed to Allah he said as-salat ala waqtiha praying at the proper time Al-Imam Ibn Hajr, Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, the scholars of Islam, that hadith of Bukhari and Muslim, they said that the Salaf understood from all of this, praying the prayer early is the most virtuous. Many ayat of the Quran about don't, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Ta'ajilu bil hajj. Hurry up and make hajj before this house is taken away. That's what the Prophet said. And be quick and diligent to get the maghfirah from your Lord. Hey, be in a mutual race, all of you. Hurry up and make the forgiveness and ask Allah to forgive you. Hurry up and do righteous deeds before the fitna comes. And the fitna will be like a dark night. People won't be able to do things. Hurry up and do it. So we have too many ayat, too many ahadith telling people, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up and make hajj. 
Hurry up and pay the debt. Hurry up and get married. Hurry up, hurry up. Don't procrastinate. So as it relates to the Salat, pay attention to this. The asal in the Salat is, for the most part, the afdal, ahsan Salat is the one that's done early. But there are some prayers that should be delayed. And it's better and more virtuous to delay them. Mutlaqan or because of something that's happened in the arat. For an example, Salat al-Isha. Salat al-Isha, although we pray it at 7.30, this is not the best time to pray Salat al-Isha. The best time to pray Salat al-Isha is the last third of every night. But we can't do that. We got to get up in the morning. We can't do that. The Prophet and his companions, they pray Salat al-Maghrib. They stayed in the prayer in the Masjid sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he went inside. Some of them started snoring and they were sitting down. So if you ever go to sleep and you're sitting down, you didn't break your fast. As long as you didn't hear anything, as long as you didn't smell anything. Because you have to push it out and force it out. The companion says, some of us were even snoring. But you're not going to lose wudu like that for the most part. He went, he came back out. He said, have you people been sitting here all this time? They said, yeah, waiting for you to come out. He told them, you're the best people on the face of the earth. And as long as you're waiting in the masjid to pray the prayer, you are in salat. And the best time to make this salat is the last third of every night. If it's easy. All of us found ourselves and we were in a camp somewhere. We should try to practice this hadith. But here, we're not going to practice hadith. Not only that, we're going to say to the imam, hey, don't, don't pray too long now. Don't read no long ayat on us. We got to get out of here. But normally speaking, this prayer, a takhir is better. Mutlaqa. That's the best time for that prayer. But then there are some prayers that should be delayed because something is happening like this. Salat al-Dhuhr. Don't pray Salat al-Dhuhr when it's extraordinarily hot and it's difficult and tough on the people. Now, obviously, in the society that we're living in, the way things are, we're going to say the Salat is at 12.30. And even if it is extraordinarily hot, we're going to pray. We're not going to change that because it'll be too much fitna. But you don't have to come to the masjid. You take the ruqs of Allah. You don't have to come. You don't have to come. And that's what this hadith is all about. Making things easy for the people. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, as it relates to the prayer in al-Islam, do the prayer early with the exception of Salat al-Isha. And if something comes up, you have a right to delay the prayer. The woman is cooking and they're going to have guests and it's dhuhr time. She's going to delay Salat al-Dhuhr for an hour, for an hour and a half. And this is really important about this hadith. Make dhuhr cold doesn't mean wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour. No. It means wait until, not a time, wait until that phenomenon of the heat passes you by. That's the meaning of this hadith. Wait until the phenomenon of, man, it is hot out here. Hot. Wait until it passes. And that could be close to Asa time. That could be close to Asr time. 
some of the scholars of Islam are of the opinion that the Prophet performed a salat called the salat that is Jama Asuri. It, it appears that he brought both of the prayers together. In that, in Sayyid Bukhari Abdullah ibn Abbas said, Rasulullah in Medina prayed salat al-Zuhr for rakat. And then after, prayed salat al-Asr for rakat together. And then he waited to Maghrib. And then he prayed three rakat for Maghrib. And right after that, he prayed four rakat for al-Isha. So he combined those two, and he combined these two. And there was no rain, and there was no khawf, which helps you understand. If there's rain, you can combine the prayer. If there's khawf, you can bring, combine the prayer. In Libya and some of these countries, the oppressive ruler or something, he says, there's going to be a curfew. Okay, you're going to do a curfew? We'll combine the prayers inside the masjid. It's permissible. So some of the scholars said that this, when they asked Abdullah bin Abbas, why did he do that? He said, So that he won't make things difficult on his ummah. If something presents itself to you and you have to combine your two prayers and you are in Birmingham, Muqim, you can do it. Just don't do it all the time. Just don't do it all the time. You have an exam. You have an operation. You have something that's coming up. You're going to miss one of those prayers. Pray them together. It's permissible. Some of the scholars said that this hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas that I just mentioned, may Allah be pleased with him, he didn't combine. But it was as if he combined. Like it was very hot at Zuhr time. So he delayed it until close to Asr and prayed it. And then Asr came in and then he prayed Asr. That's in a position. I'm of the opinion that he combined between those four prayers while he was in Medina to make it easy for us. The wife got a headache. She had a baby. She's very tired. Go ahead and combine Maghribisha and go to sleep. You suffer from migraines. Something's going on with you. You got to get up early for a trip to her. Go ahead and combine between those two prayers and you're still right here in Medina in uh, Birmingham. Just don't do it all the way. So Delaying the prayer, ikhwani, unnecessarily is dislike, but to delay it for a reason is permissible. Those ayahs of the Quran, sahun, woe unto those people who are negligent about their prayers. They delay them for no reason. He's just delaying it for no reason. Playing PlayStation or just don't, just, that's dislike. You should pray the prayer as soon as it comes in because it's more virtuous. It's more virtuous. The munafiqeen, when they get up to pray, they're lazy and lethargic. It's like heavy on them. I don't want to pray. That's how he is. He doesn't get up to pray and he's feel, I'm excited about this prayer. As the Prophet used to be, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he told the people, "I'm in communion. I'm in discussion with my Lord." So that is the hadith that we're dealing with here today. From the benefits of the hadith, Ikhwani, and this is really important, is the hadith clearly shows the rahmah of Allah and the ease of our religion. So don't be mutshaddid. Don't be shadid unnecessarily on our community and our family on our students, and on the people. Every time you get up there, you're just arguing with people, and you're nasty, and you're upset, 
And you know, it's getting really, um, it's getting really um, difficult these days because some of the people feel as if they are the gatekeepers of al-Islam and the Sunnah, and they want to identify you an innovator, bid'ah, 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 and that's all you hear, bid'ah, bid'ah, bid'ah. Hey man, come on man, that word is given by a central nervous system. Because I don't agree with you, he's from this group, from that, what are you talking about? Take it easy on the people. The Prophet told the people, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yassiru wa la tu'assiru. Make things easy for the people. Don't make things difficult for the people. My wife, my kids, my students, the masjid, make things easy for the people. Is there any ease like this ease? Make the salat of the dhuhr, that rukun from the arkan of Islam, the haq of Allah. Cool it off, cool it off. And that's the meaning of what Allah mentioned. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتُ فَضًّا غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكِ It was a rahmah from Allah, Muhammad, that you were gentle and easy with these people. If you were rough and tough with them, they would have run away from you. They would have run away from you. So the ahkam of al-Islam are the ahkam to make things easy. I want to I want to close this out by drawing to your attention again. Ramadan is right around the corner, inshallah. There are people who fast every year, and fasting is haram for them to fast. They're old. They're sick. She has lupus. We fasting for because I, I can I can make it through it. What do you mean you can make it through it? Allah doesn't want that from you. Allah wants from you what makes him pleased, and that is you take advantage of the sadaqah, and you receive the sadaqah. So those of you who have parents, relatives, wives, who are older or they're sick, you don't have to try to make a tajriba. Tajriba is when you um, roll a dice and you try. You get, you get, you have some type of disease, you have to take meds. If you don't take those meds, your issue will become exasperated and it will increase. You don't have to fast. You don't have to fast. Okay, we're going to stop here, inshallah ta'ala. If you brothers have any questions concerning the hadith today, you can put your question across. Some of you, after the class, you have some really good questions. I don't know for the life of me why you don't ask that question in public. If you have stage fright, social fears, write that chumpy down. Write the question down. People will benefit. And plus, you're holding me up. I got a daughter who'll be waiting for me back in my house, man. So write the question and send it forward. Because some of your questions, the best questions, be after the class. And I look at the brother, I say, why you didn't ask that question, man, in the class? And the brother says, I don't know. The last time for Salat al-Isha's ikhtilaf between the scholars of al-Islam, but inshallah, the position that I hold is up into Salat al-Fajr. If you had a reason that prevented you, but just to hold out and not pray Salat al-Isha until Fajr, 
No. No. You do that to the last third of the night. You're just holding out. You miss Salah in Jama'ah, you're holding out to the last third, which is about 45 minutes before Fajr. It's the last third, hour 45 minutes before Fajr. So just to wait until that time because you're watching the Super Bowl. It's American Super Bowl. Or you're watching um, something that comes on late and you're up all night until Fajr? No. But if your job kept you up like that or you had something, then up until Fajr, inshallah, azwajal. Fadr ya akhi. Uh, the nature of fire, ikhwani, is that uh, fire, fire breathes. That's a fact. Any fireman will tell you that uh, when they go to deal with those fires, that fire is alive. And they can hear that fire roaring. Not just the crackling, the stuff that's burning, but that fire itself has a sound to it in the voice. The fire of this dunya. And the fire of the akhirah is even worse. So this is... 99, this is 1% of the fire of the Akhirah. So the fire of the hell is breathing, yes, and it lets out that big breath as a Rahmah on the fire, one in the summertime, one in the wintertime. Now, this is from what we shouldn't play around in our religion with, kind of like the Qadr in many ways. We just have to say, subhanAllah, we believe and that's it. For an example, when it's Ramadan, when it's Ramadan, the doors of Jannah are open and the doors of the hellfire are closed. So in Ramadan, when it's very, very hot and there's a heat wave, and Ramadan, the Prophet says, closed. So at that time, is the door closed or is it not breathing it? Allahu Alam. Prophet didn't make that our responsibility to get all deep into that, but he made our responsibility to say, I don't want to get burnt up by that hellfire. So there are a lot of issues that come as a result of the issue. We believe in it. We say we hear and we obey. Any more questions, Ikhwani? When you're traveling, concerning the issue of shortening your prayers, when you travel, combining your prayers, this is one of the Masail issues of Islam that has the most ikhtilaf in it. And as per usual, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he usually looks at all of the different points of view and he harmonizes them. And that's what we should try to do to, our, to the best of our ability. So what I'm comfortable with is there are a lot of, were a lot of positions. You can combine for four days. You can combine for five days. You can combine for seven days. You can combine 18 days, 19 days, 21 days. You can combine for two and a half years as Abdullah ibn Abbas combined with his Ashab and his students for two years. They kept saying, we're going to go back tomorrow. We're going to go back tomorrow. We're traveling back tomorrow. But they didn't. So he combined for two years straight. Two years. So Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, judging from the different hadith and ayat, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam combined for 18 days, 19 days, 21 days. Those ayat of the Qur'an are general. So if you are mankana ara safar and whoever is traveling, and Allah didn't say how long you're traveling. As long as you travel and you are not in your resident and you don't know when you're coming back, you can combine. For sure. 
So if you go to America and you don't know when you're coming back and you stay there for two years, like in Abbas, and you keep saying, tomorrow we're going, you can combine two years because that's what they did. But some scholars said, if you go and you know that you're coming back in eight months, you still can combine. So it's big ikhtilaf in the issue. Big ikhtilaf in the issue. My position concerning that is as long as you're traveling and it's not your place of residence, you can combine. If you're an airplane pilot, you drive the lorries, it's not where you live, then you can combine. Unless you have a wife over there. And then that's your house that you're living with in, with your wife. And Allah knows best. But this topic should be dealt with where um, everybody could get their, choose their point by laying it out. And I will say before we move on, that brothers from the Hanafi Madhab, may Allah Ta'ala bless Imam Abu Hanifa, and the Hanafi Madhab, they don't combine and they don't shorten except for Hajj, and that's it. Only for Hajj, and that's it. And that's the position of the Madhab. I'm not going to come up here and say, those people are astray. Those people, who does that? Whose dawah is like that? Some of our dawah is like that. Some of our dawah is like that. We say, have mercy upon yourselves. Follow the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Follow his companions. Don't just follow Imam Abu Hanifa, although he's worthy of listening to his points of view, but he's a human being like everybody else. He got it right. And he got it wrong. Rahmatullahi alayhi. Any more questions, Ikhwani? For the Yaqi. You could travel, you can shorten your prayer with inside your country. And even more so when you leave the country. So traveling from Birmingham to London, you can travel. You can shorten. Although the train only takes an hour and a half, two hours. Although it only takes you two hours, three hours to drive there. It is a sadaqah that Allah loves that you take it. Person says, yeah, but back then they used to have to travel horses, camels. Right now I just get in my car and I could go real fast. That's true. But it's a sadaqah. That Allah has given you. And Allah loves that you take the sadaqah of traveling. Anyway, inshallah, we'll try to deal with this issue in a uh, scholastic way. Because we don't want people sitting here. And although it's really important, because everybody travels. Something we need to know. Something we should approach with yaqeen. Knowing the different positions. And inshallah, we'll do that. We'll do that soon. Any more questions, Ikhwani? Father Ya Habibi. How you been? You right? Good to see you, man. Allahumma naam. It's permissible to combine Maghrib and Isha. I don't know how this year is um, supposed to be, but the last few years, you know how um, the time was very short in Ramadan. I don't know if it's going to be like that this year, but uh, um, when it gets like that, it's permissible for you to combine one night, two nights, especially when you're very tired. You know how you get dispent in Ramadan. You're tired. And going to pray is not helping because you need some rest. 
after you take one day off, try not to allow it to be an odd night or something like that. Take a day off. Combine. Maghrib Dhuhr and Asr. If you have a headache, if you have a toothache, if you, something is going on, you had to run to the hospital, your wife is going to have a baby. If something happens, this, uh, there are extenuating circumstances. You allow to combine Dhuhr and Maghrib, Dhuhr and Asr, four rakah, four rakah, at Dhuhr time. Or delay Dhuhr and let it pray it at Asr time. And you do the same thing for Maghrib. But don't do it all the time. Don't do it all the time. How many doctors do we have here? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mashallah. How many, how many uh, people work at McDonald's here? So the doctor, he has some serious operation. Heart transplant, liver transplant. A kid, he has a serious exam. It's going to start at Zuhr time, the heart transplant, and it's going to go up into Maghrib time. What does he do? He says, okay, I'm going to pray Zuhr and Asa before the heart transplant. Before. He can't start praying Zuhr alone, and then he start doing a heart transplant, and it's one hour, two hours, three hours, and they're working. And then he says to the nurse, hey, hey, come here, put your finger right here on this vein, right? I'll be right back. And he goes and makes Salat al-Asr. They say, what kind of religion is this, man? He got his hand, he got his hand on the vein. The blood. What were you talking about? No, that religion doesn't make sense. You made that Salat and now you just take care of it. And you make Qiyas of that, but you gotta fear Allah. You gotta fear Allah. It's like, the religion is made easy. Easy according to what? I don't have to pray. I can shake hands with women. I can hang out with girls. No. The religion is easy. So you say to non-Muslims, pray for me. Pray for me. No, the religion ain't that easy like that. And this issue about combining is not like that. So don't make a tahayyul. We ask Allah Ta'ala, the Rabbil Alameen, have mercy upon all of us. And to give us fiqh in the deen. And to make us gentle and easy on ourselves and gentle and easy on other people. But at the same time that he gives us the wherewithal, the strength and the courage. When we have to be shadid and strong, we're ready to be shadid and strong. Defend ourselves and our religion and our families. And don't let people push us off the square except that they know it's a price to pay. Depending on the situation, you know. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك واشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org